Marcus Sahaba Online Radio. Empowering the Ummah. You are tuned in to Marcus Sahaba Online. And it's a beautiful, beautiful day indeed. I'm your host, Yusuf Ali. And you are listening to Lunch Break. Juma Lunch it is. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. I wonder if it's a thing. Is it a thing with youngsters also? That you so much look forward to... Uh, you so much look f- forward... Uh, to Juma lunch, like us adults. I don't know if it's the concept of Juma lunch or, or the idea that, um, the, not the concept of Juma lunch, but just the concept of the weekend coming up. Yes, I know. Majority of our madrasa learners here in Lanesia are at home today. Subhanallah. I don't recall I don't recall getting off on a Friday. We never used to get off on a Friday, dear listeners of Marcus Sahaba Online. Never, never, never we used to get off on a Friday. We used to go to Madrasa. I don't know what you guys are doing at home. And you mustn't come that oh school is so hard. Uh, it's the same thing. It's the same school you go to, you know, same syllabus, different teachers, or sometimes same teachers, you know. My mother taught, uh, my mother taught uh, some learners. They grew up, had kids, and mama taught, mom taught their kids also. Alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah. Imagine that, dear listeners of Marcus Sahaba Online. But uh, anyways, uh, on a Friday, now when you get big, right, when you get become an adult like us, you look forward to a Friday so much. Number one, I'm not too sure what lunch you get in your lunch boxes. Like myself, for example, today I got uh, sandwiches, Vienna sandwiches, right? But for an adult, on a Friday, you get to come home after Salah, you have a nice meal. Nice meal, like... Maybe Italian rice, or in Durban they say dolin sinkers. And um, I can't even remember. I don't even know what's the main Friday afternoon meal. I know in our house, the rice dish it is is dalian rice. No sinkers and everything, just plain dalian rice. That's where it's at for me, really. But uh, it's been long since I've uh, had a Juma lunch at home, you know. And uh, one thing which I suggest you do, and accompany your parents, dear listeners of Marcus Saab Online, accompany your parents. Go to go to the go to the Kabristan with your parents. If you have grandparents who passed away, go with your father. And then you can go to the Kabristan with your father on a Friday. There's big rewards, inshallah. So, nonetheless, that's how we spend our Fridays. We go to the Kabristan, rather, and then we make some dua. Because remember, this world is just temporary. Just world, this Juma lunch and uh, what we have here is all just temporary, dear listeners of Marcus Sahaba Online. So when you come home, and you have your 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 lunch, or maybe go to the Kabristan early. I know you guys. I know now this generation is very lazy. This generation is extremely lazy because hey, for them to go to Kabristan after Fajr, hey, hey, half of you guys and I know don't wake up for Fajr. You must start, inshallah. Start grade ones and twos. Hey, you must start a little bit waking up for Fajr, checking how it sees what's the. Fajr vibe, meet up with one or two of your buddies in the mosque, but don't go play at the mosque now. But just go, uh, 
just just go to salah together. You know something my friends and I do or used to do. We'll speak about this, right? Maybe you can get some uh, advice, dear listeners of Marcus Sahaba online. We used to go, like we used to go to the Istima together. Istima coming up also. And we used to go to the Istima together. And you must go to places. Now, if you guys are a crew, right? If you guys are a crew, then you must go to Istima together. You guys have you have all sort of fun together, isn't it? All sort of fun you guys have together. But what about spirituality? Do you get close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala together? So go to the istima together, you know, make some ibadah together, go for some talks, hit the jamaat together. Jamaat is also nice together, but you mustn't do silly things. You know, when the guys are sleeping, I know, uh, I don't know if they still do it. Now, you know, when you're married, it's, hey, yeah, it's definitely going make all your, 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 all your islah, we get home now. You know, the wife make your islah now. So, but when you're young, you must use this opportunity. Go for a jamaat. Go for a jamaat. Go out together. For the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, dear listeners of Marcus Online. Like that, advice for you youngsters, hit a fajr together, man. I think it'll be quite nice indeed. Inshallah, do something spiritual together. You know, even if it's even if it's uh, helping an aid agency or something like that, there's a lot to do. But things have really changed uh, as far as when when we were listening. Where's, where's Suleiman? Uh, Dawood, Radi? Dawood, oh Dawood, not listening. I would love to see if uh, Suleiman is. What was his? I'm not too sure if Suleiman is from Joburg or not. But I love to talk about the disparities between those days and our days. You know, because um, back in our day, I remember you go to school, you come from madrasa. If madrasa on Friday, they was Friday madrasa, but we used to come home early on a Friday. And I think what was another thing we used to look forward to was winter time, Asar is early. So, when, uh, what you call us, when winter is early, Asar is early. And then you go early from Ramadan. Um, you go early for Asar from Madrasa, isn't it? Yes, I know. Same thing here, same thing here, dear listeners of Marcus Sahaba Online. But nonetheless, inshallah, let's uh, uh, continue and let's go with our little bit of history on what happened on this day. Today is the 1st of March already. 1st of March, everybody's in exams now, youngsters are in exams. This weekend is a studying weekend for our senior grades, inshallah, or further education. I our high school guys. You guys don't know the other terms. We call you the high schoolers, right? But uh, high school for you is uh, exams are starting next week, inshallah. I know uh, higher grades in primary school started today. Uh, lower grades are almost wrapping up with the exams already. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. But anyways, Islamic day today is the 19th of Shaban. 19 Shaban, 1386, coinciding with the 3rd of December, 1966. The historian, the great historian, um, Abdul Rahman al-Rafi, one of the foremost historians of Egypt, in contemporary times, and a member of the national movement departed from this world. He compiled a series of the history of Egypt from the beginning of the French campaign until the revolution on the 23rd of July, 1952. So historians out there, and you see, history is a very strange thing nowadays. Let's talk about history to our youngsters now. Because in our history books, I'll talk about grade 3 also, right? Let's talk about grade 3 because I taught the subject. 
But in grade three, not this term, maybe third term, you guys are going to be doing the moon landing. Neil Armstrong. Hey, hey, they landed on the moon so many years ago, but they can't land on the moon anymore. They say the computing power of that computer that sent the astronauts to the moon had less computing power than, than the cell phone in your hand. Now, how is it possible that they could send somebody to the moon 50 years ago? 50 years ago, they could send somebody to the moon with that back, back, backwards technology. But today, with all of this technology, they can't put somebody on the moon again. And NASA, that T-shirts you guys all wearing today, it's fashionable, fashionable. NASA says they lost their rock records of it. How can you send somebody to the moon? Such a great feat. Such a great accomplishment. And not have any record of it. They say they lost it. Huh? NASA lost the records. It makes absolutely no sense, dear listeners of Merkasaba line. It makes absolutely no sense that they went all the way to the moon, landed on the moon, took a photo, took a photo of the spacecraft landing. I don't know how the spacecraft was landing while they were taking a photo. And they come and expect us to believe it. So I tell my learners, I tell them, I said, guys, the only reason we are doing this is because it is in our syllabus, it is part of the required curriculum from our schools. Like that, when you hear uh, read about Jan van Riebeck and Volrad Voltamada, now I'm going to a little bit higher grades, right? How they inverted commas discovered South Africa. They didn't discover South Africa. There were people in South Africa. How do you discover a land? How do you discover a land where there's people in the land already? But this is how they make the history books. Now you see Israel now. They're doing the same thing in Palestinian schools. In that they want to wipe out, they want to wipe out history of the Muslims. They want to wipe out the Islamic history of the Muslims. And they're going to the schools, they're occupying the schools, and they're wiping out history. So, when you when you see this, right? Let's 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 now that I mention Israel. Because in their books, they want to wipe out the history of Palestine. Now it's this Hasbara, this Hasbara which they do, something is called Hasbara, right? And this Hasbara is like a sort of, um, uh, what word can I use now? Where they, they make up lies now, right? to try and wipe out the Palestinians from history. They try to wipe out the records. They change the names of the Palestinian cities. And they try and wipe things out. Now let's let's look further back now. Higher students. Adolf Hitler. Now for how many years have we been led to believe that Hitler was this bad, bad guy. Hitler was this horrible human being who killed so many Jews and this and that. Now you start to wonder, you know, was it, was it true in the first place? Was it even true in the first place to... Uh, Was, was it true in the first place that he killed so many millions of Jews? Let's talk about that first, tearlessness of Merkaz Sahaba Online. Let's talk about how many history books have been edited. I mean, we are in 2024. 
and you got the BBC, you got the CNN, all this Western media, who edit the stories so badly that they try to make the Muslims look like the bad guys. They try to make the Palestinians look like the aggressors. They try and make Israel look that look like you are the. They try and make Israel look like they the victims. But we know better. Now my question is, how do we know? that Hitler was as bad as they portray him to be. You know, we'll say, hey, Hitler was like this, Hitler was like that, Hitler was like that. But how do we know he was actually like that? Aside from this uh, history books, which was trumped up by Western writers. That is something for us to think about, dear listeners of Mirka Sahab Online. That is something for us to, to think about. But anyways, let's continue. Hey, we never even do our one-minute address. I got so caught up with that whole story of history that we must think about our history. We must double-think about it. Now, our teachers, we are forced to teach you some of the stuff. Even now, my uh, foundation learners, you know, they make you... Hey, I'm going off topic again. They make you make this clay figures and everything. You see, this department wants you to make these clay figures and get marks for it. But it's not right. You mustn't know. We are not... We are not creators of anything. We can't make animals and stuff out of clay. You must bear that in mind. So sometimes you do it, you must just make a staffirullah, say, Ya Allah, please forgive us. You must speak to the teachers or maybe parents write to the department and say, we can't do all of this. But if not, our kids, we must be aware that this is not right what we're doing. Must make some sort of uh, istighfar, you know. Some sort of istighfar, inshallah. But uh, let's continue. And let's talk about our one-minute madrasa. We are on lesson number 15. Our translation in Salah. Lillah. The phrase Lillah means for Allah alone. Lillah means for Allah alone. So the full phrase Alhamdulillah. All praise is due to Allah alone. All praise is due to Allah alone. A sunnah we're going to be learning. Uh, yesterday, two sunnahs of Kirat were mentioned to recite tasmiyah and to say Amin softly today. To recite surahs from Surah Hujarat to Buruj in Fajr and Sohar, in Asr and Isha from Buruj to Lam Yakun, and in Maghrib from Izazul Zila to Anas. How many of us know this? You know, Hufas know it, but hey, we are we not, are we not a bit backwards? We're not a bit lackadaisical as far as that is concerned, dear listeners of Mirka Sahaba Online. We've got lackadaisical, isn't it, when it comes to all of this? But uh, anyways, uh, let's continue. Inshallah, a major sin we're going to be learning about among the major sins concerning which severe punishment has been mentioned is to abstain from helping those in need despite having the ability to do so. Among the major sins concerning which severe punishment has been mentioned is to abstain from helping those in need despite having the ability to do so. The harm of sins, one harm of sins is that the misfortune of sins not only affects the sinner but other creations as well. Even animals curse the sinner and the benefit of obedience in worship, some form of worship has this effect that they result in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's taking upon himself the responsibility of fulfilling the need of the virtuous person. In a hadith Qudsi it is mentioned, Son of Adam, perform four rakats of salah for me in the beginning of the day and I will fulfill all your needs till the end of the day. So some forms of worship have this effect that they result in Allah Ta'ala taking upon himself the responsibility of fulfilling the need of the virtuous person. In Hadith Qudsi it is mentioned, O son of Adam, perform four rakats of salah for me in the beginning of the day and I will fulfill all your needs till the end of the day. SubhanAllah, dear listeners of Marqa Sahaba Online. That is how easy Allah Ta'ala makes our lives. Allah Ta'ala makes our lives extremely easy. And we must just, just make that little effort, you know. Little effort. And how much does Allah Ta'ala help us in return? 
Right, anyways, let's continue, inshallah, kitab reading for today. Uh, we're doing the virtues of uh, Ramadan. So we did the, the, the first uh, 10 days of Ramadan, right? Now, during the second section of Ramadan, the second section of Ramadan, forgiveness begins to descend as a reward for the fasting during the first section. The last section of the Ramadan brings immunity from entrance in Jahannam. This is corroborated by many similar hadith. In my personal opinion, Ramadan has been divided into three sections because people are normally of three different kinds. Firstly, there are those who have no burden of sins. For them, Allah's mercy and bounties descend from the very beginning of Ramadan. Secondly, there are those whose burden of sins are not too heavy. For them, forgiveness descends after one-third of Ramadan has passed. Thirdly, they are the real sinners. For them, forgiveness comes after having fasted the major section of Ramadan. Is those who attain Allah's mercy right at the beginning. They are the very fortunate ones because of the great amount of mercy they have received. And Allah knows best. Another point mentioned in the hadith is that masters should be lenient to their servants in Ramadan because, after all, they too are fasting. Unnecessary hard work or too much of it will be a burden for them. So why should an extra worker not be hired when the work is too much? That, of course, only applies when the servant himself fasts. Otherwise, there is no difference for them between Ramadan and any other month. Words cannot describe the position of the shameless oppressor who does not himself fast and drives his employees unnecessarily. And if there is any delay due to salah or fasting, he is outraged. Regarding such person, the Quran states, and soon the oppressor will come to know where his abode is, in Jahannam. Lastly, in the Hadith, Rasulullah exhorted that four things should be repeated constantly. Firstly, the recitation of Kalima Tayyibah, which in the Hadith is called the highest form of Dhikr, in Mishkat Abu Sayyid Khudri reports, once Nabi Wasallam begged of Allah to grant him a special prayer by which he can remember Allah and also by which he could ask him or by which he could ask him, then Allah informed him to recite this Kalima. Sayyidina Musa said, O oh Allah, this is a verse recited by all your servants. I desire a special prayer. Allah replied, O oh Musa, if the seven heavens, the earth and all its occupants, including the angels except myself, are placed on one side of the scale and this kalima on the other, Okay, I got a bit distracted. I heard Suleiman. Yeah, I thought, shoo, what Suleiman is this stuff? But uh, then this kalima would outweigh everything. In another hadith, it is stated, should anyone sincerely recite this kalima, the doors of Jannah open up for him immediately and nothing can stop him from reaching Allah's throne. The only condition is that the reciter should refrain from major sins. Allah's pattern is that he grants basic needs in abundance. We see all over the world that whatever is generally required is found in abundance. For example, water, which is a basic necessity. How common has Allah in his infinite mercy made this basic necessity? And how rare has he made the unmeaningful use of alchemy? Similarly, the Kalima Tayyibah is the most excellent form of dhikr. Allah has made it common to humanity so that none is deprived of it. Hence, if any person is deprived of it, it is only due to his misfortune. There are numerous ahadith regarding his virtues, and for the sake of brevity, they are not mentioned here. The second of which a lot should be recited is istighfar. The hadith report the virtue of istighfar, and in one hadith we read, Whoever says much istighfar, Allah opens an exit for him from all difficulties and releases him from all sorrows. In a similar manner, he receives risk from unexpected sources. In another hadith, Rasulullah said that every man is a sinner, but the best among the sinners are those who repent and seek forgiveness. 
We will soon mention a hadith wherein it is mentioned that when a man commits a sin, a black spot forms on his heart, but when he repents, it is washed away. If not, the black spot remains. Thereafter, Rasulullah commanded us to beseech two things without which we cannot do. To beg Allah for entrance into Jannah and to seek refuge in Him from Jahannam. That, dear listeners of Malta Sahaba Online, is preparing us for the month of Ramadan, inshallah. Inshallah, dear listeners of Marqa Sahaba Online, we must work on it. We must work on our on 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 our akhlaq, on our taqwa, our piety in the month of Ramadan. And nobody is so small. Come, La ilaha illallah for our smallest, our smallest. How hard is it? But it's so much. How it's not hard at all. But how much reward do we get? Let's think about that, dear listeners of Marqa Sahaba Online. But anyways, I see we never yet go for our question even. Hey, inna lillahi. We never even go for our question with Mulana Musa yet. So let's quickly do this, right? So quickly, we're going to go for an ad break. We're going to take in our dhikr and straight after that, Mulana Musa lahe. Marcus Sahaba Online Radio. Empowering the Ummah. <laughs>
Now, this question is something very important. And I'm very happy it came through. And you see, sometimes you send in the question. And alhamdulillah, your question will get answered. Inshallah, by Mulana Musa lahe. But it benefits so many people. And I understand these questions. And if you have if you have something troubling you, send it to us. Because I'm sure my brother will learn today. I'm sure it's a brother that sent this question. And uh, many other listeners will learn. The question that came through today. Salams, Mulana. I am in a Muslim school. The teachers enforce this one-length haircut while our parents say it's not necessary. How can the teachers override our parents? Good question this is. Very, very good question. It's an important question, really, trust me. Because the school I'm in, we also we also encourage and we make sure that everybody has a one-length haircut. It's very important. And I can stress about it. I know the school policy, but better you hear it from a respected alim who's in touch with the youth, a knowledgeable alim. I'm so glad this question came through. Jazakallah khair, my brother. Let's welcome uh, Mulana Musa Lahe on the line. And I know I know the youngsters like to do this uh, Ronaldo haircut where it's shaved one side and big on the top. And, uh, you know, your hair has an identity crisis. But let's leave this in the hands of Mulana Musa. Mulana, assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Why is one length hair so important, Mulana? Walaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Yusuf, jazakallah khair for the question. And jazakallah khair to the learner. And inshallah, if we make amal on the principles that I'm going to tell you, then not only in school will it help you, but throughout your entire life it will help you. So you are quite right. Obedience of parents is paramount. That is something that as far as possible, anything our parents tell us to do, we should do it. The only time we will be asked to disobey our parents is when they tell us to do something against our shariat. So there is a principle in our deen. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has stated, لَا طَاعَةَ لِمَخْلُوقٍ فِي مَعْصِيَةِ الْخَالِقِ there is no obedience in the creation of Allah. Parents are creation of Allah. When it comes to disobedience of the Khalik, the Creator, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So our parents tell us, go make me one cup of tea. We must obey them. The parent tells you, bring my shoes. We must obey them. The parent tells you, no need to read namaz now will read afterwards and that is going to cause the salah to become qada. Now in that instance, it is faraz on you to disobey your parent and obey your creator. Disobey the creation and obey the creator. So in this instance, your question was, the school is telling you to keep one hair length. And your parents are telling you to cut two lengths. So you have to first of all determine what is the ruling, the hukam on cutting of hair. So Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, that too has been outlined for us. Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he has forbade us openly many ahadith not to cut the hair in two lengths. Shaving one part, leaving another part. Huh? All this pop stars. We follow, that's the strange thing, is that we want to imitate the pop stars. But they are the ones that are going to be popping in Jahannam. So do we want to join them in that excursion to Jahannam? Absolutely not. So what the school is doing in this instance is absolutely right. It is following the hukam. They are following the hukam of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So you must look always above. What is the ruling as far as this is concerned? 
So in this instance, it becomes farad upon you to disobey your parents and follow the hukam of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Let's do it in a flip scenario. If your parents were encouraging you to keep one hair length and the school was telling you, no, you can cut your hair like this style and all of that, eh? then it would be faraz upon you to disobey the school. Right? So this is the ruling. And that is what Allah Ta'ala's hukam is always supreme. Allah Ta'ala's hukam always comes beyond any humankind, even if it be our own parents. But now it doesn't mean now in disobedience of your parents, now you must show them disrespect. You must explain to them nicely that Allah Ta'ala, Nabi Kareem Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, what the school is instructing us to do is right. Because that is what Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam wants us to do and how to live our lifestyle. What do you as parents are encouraging? And now if they get into confrontation with you, then just leave them. Make dua for the hidayat also. So like I said, this principle will help you throughout your life. Now you get married. The husband tells the wife, hey, just take the scarf out, man. You look so pretty without a scarf. You know, you can do your hair up, put some lipstick, dipstick, and all of that. Eh? So now you know all of that is against the hukam of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So in an instance like that, eh, it will become farad for the wife to disobey the husband. But now she can't disobey him in such a manner. Now she is so disrespectful to him and all that. She has to be very, very tactful in how she does it. Hmm? But she shouldn't give up the hukam of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the hukam of Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Allah ta'ala guide all our learners, mashallah, a lot of zeal. And gee, so the school is quite right in telling you to keep one hair length because that is in accordance to the shariat. And that takes supreme power. That is our constitution. That is what we must follow. The school is telling you to do anything that is against Shariat, then by all means, we will go against it. But in this case, like I said, they are telling you to do something that is for Shariat. So we must comply, inshallah. Allah ta'ala give us all tawfiq. Subhanallah, dear listeners of Marqa Sahaba Online. So there you heard it from an outside source. And parents, you have to you have to listen to the ulama also. Because you are sending your children to learn. And your children are being learning. Unless your children are being taught. But now, we're changing what we believe now. We're changing what we... What they are being taught. Now, if your son comes home and he says, Right, Terry, in this I learned chemistry. In chemistry I learned this, this, this. Are you going to say, oh, no, 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 no. Chemistry is like this. No, you'll say, hey, you must listen to your teacher. Am I right? Now, for example, in Islamic school, they're not sucking these rules out of their thumb. They're learning from the hadith of Nabi Wasallam. Now, you can't say, no, my child is still small. You know, when the tree grows up crooked from the start, it's always going to grow crooked. And then you're going to say that, um, where did I go wrong? Where did I go wrong? You went wrong when you started telling your child to disregard authority. You went wrong when you started teaching your child that they don't have to listen to, to or they don't have to follow the sunnah. And then later at the stage you'll say, hey, what happened to my child? What happened? So you must think about that, dear listeners of Merkah Sahaba Online. We must think about that. Because this is uh, this is another test from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So this hair of yours, cut it. If the madrasa is saying cut it, cut it. Don't worry. Don't worry about who you're looking nice for. You don't worry about impressing girls. When your time is right, Allah Ta'ala will grant you a nice girl. But that's only if you're obedient to Allah Ta'ala. Then you make dua to Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala and Allah Ta'ala gives you 
is Allah Ta'ala desires. But don't go off. Don't go and follow the trends, dear listeners of Marcus Sahaba Online. Like Mulana said, they're gonna the pop stars are gonna pop into Jahannam. You're gonna join them. I always tell my my learners when they ask me who's better between Ronaldo and Messi, I say, Who do you want to wake up next to you on the day of Kiyama? Ronaldo or Messi? Because both of them, if Allah Ta'ala doesn't give them a diet, you know where they're going. So do you want to join them, dear listeners of Marcus Sahaba Online? Oh, but anyways, uh, it's time for us to go for our stories of the Sahaba radiallahu anhu. We're going to be listening to Mufti Muhammad Aku, inshallah. And he continues with Hazrat Talq bin Ali Yamama or Yamami radiallahu anhu. And he talks about Hazrat Talq radiallahu anhu reaching, uh, teaching hadith to his children. Beautiful hadith has a talk reports. One is that of the rights of the husband. That when the husband calls his wife, his wife should comply and come, and so forth and so forth. That's also a lesson of life, respected Ummah. Allah, who knows the need of a man, teaches the woman folk that if the man calls for his need, she should comply because he has that need at that time. And Allah who knows the needs of the men and the needs of the woman, subhanAllah, Allah teaches each to fulfill the rights of each other. He even narrates a hadith concerning alcohol. And he narrates the harms and the prohibition of alcohol. And one would be deprived of that in on Judgment Day and in Jannah if one devours it in this world. And he also narrates the hadith about true dawn. Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam describing the appearance of true dawn when dawn comes in, the false dawn, how does it look? It's elongated and the true dawn is more vast and broad. Subhanallah. Another beautiful report in Musnadul Imam Ahmad who says that Huda narrates from his father Qais from his father Talq, subhanAllah. Haddathani Hawdat ibn Qais ibn Talq anabihi an jaddi. So we learn that Hazrat Talq is narrating hadith to his children and his children are narrating hadith to their children. How beautiful. There's another hadith narrated by the daughter of Hazrat Talq, Khalda radiallahu anha. SubhanAllah. How Sahaba would teach deen, teach Quran and teach sunnah to their children. And this is the environment we should create in the home. We find this common amongst the Sahaba Kiram radiallahu anhum. Let us also establish a halaqa of ta'aleem and encourage our children to memorize the ahadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa Even if we have to help them to do so by writing a hadith on the fridge, you know, encouraging our children, leaving it there for a few days and then keeping it respectfully and placing another hadith and so forth and so forth. This is part of a great uh, tarbiyah that is the duty of parents. Alhamdulillah. Look at this hadith he narrates. He says the beloved of Allah وسلم, would make salam after salah an yaminihi wa an yasari to the right and to the left. And his salam was so f- proper. Hatta yura bayadu khaddihi al-ayman wa bayadu khaddihi al-aysar. Nabi sallallahu mubarak cheek. The brightness of his cheek would be seen by the person behind him when he turned to the right and he turned to the left. There's few reports like this narrated by Hazrat Talq. What we learn from here is to make the full salam. When we complete our salah, not to turn our heads slightly, but to turn our head to the right completely because we're actually greeting the angel on the right and all the people on the right and then the angel on the left and all the people on the left and the imam, depending on which side he is, all of them are in our intentions. But to turn our head fully is part of the sunnah. That is spiritually beneficial and it is physically beneficial for the neck as well. Let's bring alive this beautiful sunnah. There's another very interesting hadith where Hazrat Talq radiallahu's son also narrates that. Qais is his name. So anyway... He says that we came to Rasulullah being a delegation from his people and we took the bay'ah, we embraced Islam. Now Hazrat Talq was a priest in his church and so forth. But we asked Nabi about that and Allah's Nabi told us to establish a masjid there. And we asked him, we asked him for this gift. Give us some of his 
tahur, the water that he used for wudu. And he asked for that water. He made wudu. He placed his Mubarak saliva in there. And then he poured it into a container. And he said, take this water. But we said to him that when we're going to take this water, our lands have scorching heat. Nabi wasallam said, then you can add water to it. It will only remain beautiful and increase and enhance in beauty. And Nabi wasallam guided us what to do when we get there, how to establish the masjid, and so forth, and so forth. Hazrat Talq narrates this report, how they went there, how they established the masjid. We called out the adhan. He says there was a rabbi or a, or, 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 or a, a priest in that area. And when he heard the adhan, he said that this is a call to truth, da'wah to haqqin, a true call. But then he disappeared and we didn't find him after that. So we find that Hazrat Talq was also the first Sahabi to call out the adhan in the lands of Yamama, alhamdulillah. There's an interesting report where his son Qais says that our, my father visited us in the, in the month of Ramadan and he was spending the night with us. We made iftar together, then our salah, and then he performed taraweeh with us. And after the taraweeh, we performed witr together. Then he went to his masjid and led salah with his companions. And then that carried on for a while until the time of witr. And then he put forth another man and said, you lead the witr for them. Because I heard Rasulullah wasallam say, you cannot perform two witrs in one night. La witrani fi layla. Subhanallah. So from here we learn so many lessons. Hazrat Talq visiting his family, his son's family, spending time with them in the month of Ramadan, leading them in prayer. And not sufficing to that, he reads taraweeh for them. And then he goes to read tahajjud for others as well. And then Subhanallah, practicing the hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu that he completed his witr earlier, he does not read the witr again. Look at the eagerness Sahaba have for Allah's deen, to please Allah, to make Allah happy, to seize the opportunities. Ramadan is coming, let us aspire to become better, let us start changing our lives, and let us make lots of dua for Gaza, for Palestine. There's so many hadith where Nabi sallallahu mentioned Gaza and Asqalan, and the holy lands of, uh, of, of Aqsa, in many Sahih hadith, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam mentioned, the people of those lands will be such, that Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam mentioned the people of his ummah, لا يضرهم من خذلهم ولا من خالفهم, whoever betrays them, or opposes them, will never be able to harm them, and then Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, this will carry on till judgment day, Sahaba asked, who are they? Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, they are in Baytul Maqdis, and the surrounding areas, in another report, the beloved of Allah sallallahu alaihi made dua for the graveyard three times. Hazrat Aisha asked, which grave, graveyard are you making dua for? Is this Baqi'? Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam said, this is Asqalan. And look at it, exactly as Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam said, today that is happening there. But Allah is helping the people. But it's so sad, so many civilians are losing their lives. Allah make it easy for them. Allah help us continue to make the qunut, to change our lives, to stay away from sin, to contribute whatever we can and more for them and continue with boycotting the goods of those who fund such genocide. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala help us. And through this we should motivate our children also to have this fikr and have this concern. Allah give us tawfiq wa sallallahu ala nabiyil ummi. Subhanallah, dear listeners of Marcus Sahaba Online, really wonderful words of advice from Mufti Muhammad Akko. And, uh, you know, this, this advice is from our ulama, is things we have to listen to, things we must learn from. You know, the Sahaba that we learn, or the Sahaba that uh, are there, you know, on top of, on top of that, uh, uh, on, on, on top of that, uh, Dawah they used to do for deen On top of that uh, Battles that they used to go and defend deen They also had families And they also lived with their families And they also tried to do dawah among their families as well Subhanallah Wonderful, wonderful Examples are our Sahaba Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Grant us that ability to strengthen our iman And strengthen our taqwa 
Inshallah, Inshallah. But yeah, that's how it is, and uh, we have to continue to learn. You know, I'm reading uh, news of what's happening in Gaza and yesterday. You guys must also take note of this. You know, you follow so much on social media. You follow so much about this influencer, that influencer. Follow a little bit of what's happening in Gaza, dear listeners, youngsters. Did you know yesterday they killed over a hundred people going for food? The Israelis martyred hundred over a hundred people going to collect food. Now thus, your Western media and your Western heroes and your 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 your, your, your guys you watch on TV who you so admire are supporting this. Imagine that. Imagine that, dear listeners of Markasavana. We must realign ourselves. We must realign ourselves. There's heavy things happening around us. And before we talk about Ronaldo, we talk about Messi, we talk about Iron Man and Superman, we must talk about all of this as well. <laughs> we must not as well. We must talk about this first. Then once you get your taqwa right, that other things will fade away. You'll get the reality and sweetness of teen yeah, over dunya. But anyways, it's time for us to wrap up the program. Inshallah, we'll be seeing you next week at the same place and the same time. We're going to listen to some dikr as uh, we take you out of the show. But right now, <coughs> from myself, Yusuf <coughs> Ali and the team, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. <laughs> Sahaba Online Radio Empowering the Ummah